Hi, and welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us online and remind you to feel free to visit our website at seacoastvineyard.com anytime for up-to-date information on our local church here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. If you would like to give financially to this ministry, whether that's a one-time gift or a recurring monthly gift, simply click on the Give tab at our website and give however God leads you. Now, we want you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, good morning, and, uh, and welcome. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, it is really good to see you all here this morning. How about that worship team, huh? They're going to be back up in a minute, but um, they have some people, and um, you guys stand up working with them to make, to make them, you know, what they've become, and so Mark and Hans and Johanna and, and uh, Julie is here, so um, let's thank you guys. Thank you guys a lot. And uh, music, music is such a powerful tool and a motivator. It's kind of, it's like a language all of its own. Uh, some of you may have Spotify. You have Spotify? Woo! Woo! All right. So, you, you know, you use it, you make spot, uh, playlists in there, and maybe you've got one that you work out to. It's, you know, maybe you've got it titled like, It's On, or Something like that. Mine is my workout song is uh, "Must Kill Fat," and uh, <laughs> I don't play it often enough, obviously. So uh, maybe you got one. It's marked "Rainy Days," and that's when you just want to hang out in your sweatpants at home and not take a shower, you know, listen to music. So we all we all have them, right? Well, um, it's it's one way that we respond to our mood and we respond to our environment, and the Bible. Uh, does that as well. So the Psalms are part of the Bible. There's a book uh, called Psalms in the Bible. There's like 150 of them. And they are what Israel used as their playlist. All right. This is one of the ways that they responded to God and and through singing. And uh, the Psalms in here are meant to be sung a lot of the times. So um, we have a thing here at Seacoast. Our, our mission statement starts with uh, we will worship God with passion. So um, let me ask you this. How many of you are professional musicians? Oh, we actually have two in the... Yay, we, we do have two. All right, out of you How many of you would just be like really good, really okay with coming up here and singing to everybody just by yourselves? Again, there's a couple... Certainly not anywhere near the majority, though, right? Now, let me ask you this, though. How many of you have gone to a birthday party for a friend and sung happy birthday to him? Yeah, almost everybody, right? Why? Because you sing happy birthday to your friend out of gratitude and out of appreciation for your friend, right? It's no big thing when it's your friend and you just want to show them you appreciate them. So you, you get through it right? Well, that's kind of the way we can approach worship and how we're going to talk about it this morning is that it comes out of our, our gratitude and our appreciation. So we are going to be in the Psalms, like I said. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm 149, and we're going to bite off uh, the first four verses. If you want to uh, flip over there in your app, or um, if you're like me, you like the good old-fashioned paper copy, uh, We can do that as well. So Psalm 149. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. 
His praise in the assembly of his faithful people. Let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let the people of Zion be glad in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Let's pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are and for all that you do with us, Lord, all that you've done for us. Father, um, just teach us. Teach us to sing back to you how much we love you. Holy Spirit, come, come and inhabit our time this morning. Inhabit our praise and our worship, Lord, that it may, uh, that it may rise to you in a good and pleasing way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we got to settle on two things first, all right? And here's the first one. The first words out of the psalmist's mouth are, we could say hallelujah, because that means praise God, but praise God. And then what does he say? Sing. So one of the first things I want to do is I want to give you, um, you know, when, when you go to seminary and things, they teach how to do word studies and how to, you know, really research things. And so I happen to uncover the real true meaning of that word sing from the Hebrew. And it means sing. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It just means sing. Okay? So that's the first thing we got to get right. Secondly, the psalmist says, his praise in the assembly of his faithful people. And who's that? That's us here in church, right? So first two lines are just that. Sing in church with other people out loud. <laughs> okay? So um, why does he say sing together in church? It's because God has this long history of relating to his people as a group, as the church, as a corporate body. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, he talks to Israel as, you know, the church in, in a way, but the nation of Israel. So he does deal with people individually, but um, he deals with us corporately as well. So we're going to talk about how the church sings in worship uh, this morning. And, and remember we said it's, it's gratitude is how we enter into that worship as a church. It's our thankfulness that enters into that. So um, one thing we know is Scripture tells us everything... Everything and everyone was created to worship. So check this out. Put a couple of pictures up here. Um, ow. This is one of my favorites. I love, I love snorkeling. I know. But like, yeah, see? Don't those things just make you when you look at them? Don't you just want to put words in those mountains' mouths and have them say, God is awesome? God is awesome? That's all worship is. So we can say that and we know that and we feel that, a lot of us, because we have a relationship with God through Jesus. And so we understand when we look at a mountain that that's God that made that. We understand when we look at that beautiful newborn baby and everybody goes, oh, it's like, that's God. That's God in action. So your first fill-in is that 
We can worship because we know God as a creator. We know God as a creator. Verse 2 of the psalm uh, goes right on into it. And it says, let Israel rejoice in their maker. Let God's people rejoice in the God that made them. Right? Are you happy God made you? Yes? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, I'm happy God made me. I'm happy God made you. Um, and, and so the psalmist is saying, if you're happy about that, if it's a good thing that he made you, then sing. You know, let, let that happiness and that gratitude uh, come out of that. You know, what I didn't know is that singing is actually the most primal form of human communication. It's like one of the first things that we do before we ever learn to speak we sing. And think about it. How do, how do people talk to a brand new baby? It's, it's not speech. It's not speech. It's more like singing, right? Mothers sing to their babies to comfort them. So singing is the most primal way of communicating. I found this article. Um, I think I, we have a picture of it up here. There was a doctor, 62 years old, had a stroke that robbed him of his ability to sing or to speak at all. So as his physical therapists were working with him to, to rehabilitate him, they first got him to sing so that then he could move on to speaking. So singing actually precedes speech in your brain. I thought that was a really neat uh, thing. You know, Psalm uh Go back to the psalm. It's in verse 4. It says, the Lord delights in his people. So we can delight in him, and he delights in us. He thinks you're wonderful. Matter of fact, he thinks more than you're wonderful. He absolutely loves and adores you. That's something to be happy about. Your second fill-in is this. We can worship because we know God as king. We know God as king. You know, the vineyard, we're what you call kingdom people. That's the whole deal for us. We are, we are all about God's kingdom. We know there is a king on the throne. Everybody say amen. There is a king on the throne. Right? Um, I was talking to one worship leader while I was working on this message. And he said that worship is how we enthrone the Lord in our life. Wow, that's beautiful. Worship is how we enthrone the Lord in our life. We have a king, church. Wherever there's a king and there's a kingdom, means that the king has a rule and a reign. What he says goes. The king gets his way. Can we be happy when the king gets his way? Yeah, I think so. He's a good king, and he's sovereign over the church. Um, we have an authority in our life. That means something to a lot of us, to have an authority in our life that's not us. Have you ever, you ever seen the show Cops? Yeah. <laughs> right. John Wimber, he's the guy that founded the Vineyard, um, he was also, by the way, a music producer for the Righteous Brothers. I find very interesting. Um, 
But he tells a story about his nine-year-old niece was watching television one afternoon, and, and uh, this was back when cops kind of first came out. And so they were arresting a, a perp, and uh, they got their guns drawn, and the, and the guy gets out of the car, and automatically, what does he do? Yeah. Boom. Hands up, right? Hands up. You wonder why we raise our hands in worship? It's because I surrender. Just like that, that guy getting arrested and realizing that that policeman was the authority at that moment, in worship we can say, you're king. God, you're king, and I'm not. I surrender. And God can touch us in those minutes. Have you ever, have you ever tried to be the only authority in your life? If you've ever tried, it doesn't usually go well, does it? No. <laughs> Amen to that. And every time in the church, when we put something else in authority in the church, things don't go well. When we put politics over God, when we put um, programs over God, when we elevate individual people over God in the church, it doesn't go well. When our pet doctrines... You know, that thing that we're, we're so, so passionate about gets bigger than God, it, it, it goes wrong. Arms up. I surrender. You're king. I'm not. And we can be really thankful when he does get his way, though, because it works out really, really well. You know, we started this service singing... God, build your kingdom here. Build your kingdom here. Build it here. Build it here. You Seacoast, build your kingdom with us, Lord, as a church, as Seacoast Vineyard. Build it with us and in us. I think it's a great way to open this, this message, guys. That was, that was wonderful. Your last, uh, your last fill-in is this. We can worship because we know God as a Savior. We know God as a Savior. Very first verse says, Sing to the Lord a new song. The psalmist is telling Israel, remember these psalms were written to Israel. It's not, you know, Old Testament. It's before Jesus or anything. The psalmist is saying, get ready. Get ready. Something is coming. Get ready to sing a new song. God is making promises and he's going to keep them. Be ready to sing when he does. Be ready to sing. The whole, the whole Old Testament, if you had to sum it up, you, you could say the whole Old Testament is just an anticipation of what God is going to do in the person of Jesus. So all throughout the Psalms, you know, there's, there's dozens of times that they mention singing and speaking of new songs and songs of a new age. Verse 4 in, in Psalm 149 says, For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. He takes delight in his people and he crowns the humble with victory. What's that victory? Jesus. Jesus is the victory. 
Amen. We can sing a new song because we have a new life. We have an eternal life. You know, before you met Jesus, you were dead. Dead people don't sing. Dead people don't sing, but now you can sing. You're alive. If you meet Jesus this morning, you can sing. You have a new life, an eternal life, a never-ending life, a life with the creator that knows and loves you and the king that is responsible for you. A new song. You know, we're, we're kingdom people, but the whole kingdom isn't here yet. With these little flashes, we get these little glimpses. You know, someday, someday we are going to experience, one way or the other, the fullness of the kingdom. We're going to see all of it right there and be part of it and be in it. But right now, we just get to practice a little bit. We just kind of get to practice a little bit. Over in Revelation, um, in, ver- in chapter 5, there's, there's some verses that, that t- are, are talking to Jesus, and it says, And they sang a new song. Worthy. You're worthy, Jesus. The lamb who was slain is worthy. You want to practice a little bit this morning? Yeah. How about this? Everybody will stand. You were given a communion packet when you came in the door this morning. If you don't have one, if you would um, wave your hand. Somebody, somebody from the church will uh, get you on there. So when you get it, you can see um, it's got two sides, kind of side by side. And you can uh, peel back the one part and you get into the wafer and then in a second we'll peel back the other part and you can get into the juice. Can be, uh, if you need help, wave your hand. It can be a little difficult sometimes. You know, this is, this is something Jesus did with his disciples just the night, uh, actually the night before he was crucified and he gathered them. And uh, he said, this is, this is my body broken for you. Just like we can, you know, we're going to be singing. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. This is the body of the lamb who was slain for you, for me, for everyone in this room, for everyone outside these walls all over the world. This was the cost, was his body. Told his disciples, take and eat. The end of that Revelation 5 verse says, You, meaning the Lamb, have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. This juice represents the blood of the lamb. It represents a new covenant, a new agreement we have with God. 
a grace that we will have and do have a relationship with him through the blood of the lamb. Jesus told his disciples, take and drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we do. Worthy are you, Lamb, who was slain. Worthy is your blood that you would purchase us. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> the last five Psalms, you guys can be seated if you want. The last five psalms of the book all start with praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I think it's because it's right. It's right to respond to our creator and, and our king and our savior with passionately allowing our gratitude to well up and just come on out. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, God, as creator. Thank you, God, as king. Thank you, God, as savior. And I, and, and I, I would go so far as to say this. I think it's the one thing we can't not do. You know, we're in this series, and last week Tim talked about a learning church, and that's awesome. I want us to be a learning church, too. But if we're not a learning church, okay. And we're going to talk about an outward-focused church. And I think we got to do that as well. But if we don't do a lot of that, you know. And we're going to talk about being a generous church. And that's good. And we need to be that too. But you know, if we're not a worshiping church, I'm not even sure we're a church. If, if we don't worship God, I don't know what we're doing here then. back into it. Revelation also says this. The writer, this guy John, is actually, he's in the throne room with God. He's in the actual throne room with God, and, and Revelation is kind of a description of what he sees and hears and feels and, and thinks about while he's up there. And in chapter 14, Worship going on in the fullness of the kingdom. And here's what, here's what he writes. He says, and I heard a sound from heaven, like the roar of rushing waters and like a loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like that of harpists playing their harp. And they sang a new song before the throne. Got anything you wanna you wanna tell Jesus on the throne? About a little over a month ago, my wife posted on my Facebook page, and I, I, I've like made this permanent. She said, "Just because I cannot sing, doesn't mean I won't sing. Just because I can't sing, 
doesn't mean when I get the chance in the throne room that I won't sing. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast from Seacoast Vineyard Church in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We look forward to you joining us next time on iTunes or at our website, www.seacoastvineyard.com.